Welcome to another episode of Civic Cypher. I am your host, Ramses Ja. He is Ramses Ja. I am Q Ward, and you are tuned in to Civic Cypher. Indeed you are. Uh, got a great show lined up for you today. We're going to be uh, existing very much in the abstract. Uh, we were asked a very important question from a person that we look up to and we started working to, with. To say the, to a say the least. least. Yeah, a couple <laughs> of people. Um, shout out to Jan and Ali. And um, they're working with us on some really amazing things, if I'm honest, that are um, in the pipeline. So stay tuned for that. We're really excited to announce that, but now is not the time. Anyway, the long and short of it is, we were asked a question which led to a pretty insightful conversation. And that question was, what does it mean to be an ally? And uh, I loved kind of where we went with it, where our brains went, and how we kind of articulated what that means. And we're going to do our best to share that with you today, because our assumption is that if you're listening to this show, or if you program this show, or you download the podcast, whatever it is, that to some degree, you uh, hope that the world can be a better place for black and brown people. And you are working to one degree or another to try to manifest that. And so um, we're going to spend a good amount of the show talking about allyship. Um, we're also going to spend some time talking about uh, Rosewood for our Way Black History Fact and uh, a whole lot of other stuff, a lot to stick around for. And I'm excited because these are the sorts of topics where we get to really, rather than read the news and kind of give you our thoughts and what we can do about it, this is, this is more about you, mm -hmm. uh, who you are as a person. And this is episodes like these are the most meaningful so uh like we always do at this time let's go ahead and start off with some ebony excellence provided that q's on board shall we we shall so uh for this week's ebony excellence just know it is sponsored by hip-hop weekly media and we are going to shout out or we're reading from uh black enterprise uh magazine so we're going to shout out the founders of black owned eyewear line uh who made history signing a licensing deal with nickelodeon uh, so I will read. Meet Nancy Harris and Tracy Green, the founders of Vontel, the first black women owned eyewear company to have established a partnership with Paramount and Nickelodeon. Their licensing deal allows them to exclusively make fashion forward eyewear products for kids using popular characters like SpongeBob SquarePants, Baby Shark and Rugrats. For their accomplishments in business, they were recently featured on The Kelly Clarkson Show. Nancy comments, quote, we are thrilled to announce our three-year partnership with Paramount. We are proud to be the first African-American women-owned eyewear company to have such a deal. Uh, Vontel is committed to creating eyewear that celebrates the African diaspora. Tracy comments, Vontel was founded to satisfy the demand for better fitting, vibrant luxury eyewear design and handcrafted to pay homage to the African, Caribbean, and Latin diaspora. Um, now, I want to say something here. Uh, Ebony Excellence is a part of the show that we really love um, because a, a lot of times when we get to this part of the show, uh, we have to talk about a lot of things that are happening in our communities and our struggles and that sort of stuff. And it's important to remind you that we were not just born to struggle. We were born to laugh and enjoy life and to be creative and to fall in love and to raise our children and to cry tears of joy and sadness. And 
uh, Ebony Excellence, I think provides a very important dynamic to the show. So I appreciate you letting us get that off every single week. If somebody was to come to you and say, I would like to be an ally, how does that look to you? I think the, the first thing that's important is it not being performative? There is a tendency to very comfortably agree with your friends, even when you don't wholeheartedly even understand what you're agreeing with, why they're hurt, why they're offended, wh why it feels like oppression. Um, I had a friend ask me in the in the time where we're dealing very publicly with the White Lives Matter trademark. Uh, one of us said something about it being triggering. And this was a white friend of mine. And she was very, very confused at the idea. Like, why is that triggering to you? Why does the term white lives matter trigger you? And this was a person that not, not just someone that I know cares about me, but that cares about my kids that, you know, has invested in my well-being and is, is somebody that I call family. But she was really like, taken aback and confused at the idea that that term would be something triggering or hurtful to me. So taking the time to understand the why I think sets you up to be in a better position where you're representing something that you also believe in, not just parroting my beliefs because you like me, not just parroting my beliefs because you think that it's kind, but actually understanding the why behind it. So me having to explain to her what Black Lives Matter means, where it came from, why that affirmation was even necessary to a group of people whose entire history has been oppression, marginalization, kidnap, murder, and having all of that reinforced full time by the infrastructure of the society that they live in. So not just personal people's um, personal hatred, not just one-to-one person-to-person um racism but the entire infrastructure of the company from government to policing to policy to education reinforcing all of these things that an entire group of people have had to go through for their entire existence on this continent right having a system continue to show you that your life your posterity your happiness your existence is worthless right black lives matter is simply reaffirming that we deserve to exist. That's not saying that we should thrive and be prosperous and pursue happiness. Nope. We didn't even take it that far. Is it okay for us to just exist here? Because we're seeing ourselves murdered on video. And even Stan, even in that, in that instance, your immediate reaction is to convince people why we deserved it. Okay. So let me jump in here. Um, I think I was once asked this question. Uh, it was an early episode of civic cypher, believe it or not. One of my neighbors came up because I think we had a guest cancel and he and I were having a good conversation. I was like, you know what? You want to <laughs> come do my show? And uh, he came up. I think that you were, this was, I, I don't even know, but this was early in the game. And uh, he asked me the same question. Well, you know, what can we do to support black people? And I think what he was asking is, 
how can we be allies? How, what does that look yeah, like? Right? How? Yeah. What does that look like? And so I recognize that it's important to define what it is and then explain how it looks. So in short, if I was going to use my own language, appealing to somebody, one individual, not a group, but one person, and I was to say, hey, listen, I need some allyship. And they were to ask, what does that mean? I would start by saying, basically, just, just hold me down. Trust me when I say that this is what it is. Value my perspective. Listen to me. Um, step out of your own way and challenge the boundaries of what you think empathy is. Um, because everybody in their own mind thinks that they can see it from the other side. So challenge those boundaries, in fact. The things that you feel are nonsense. Question why you might feel that way and ask questions toward that end to gain more understanding, mm -hmm. right? Um, and then you'll be moving with the why instead of just with the performative part that you mentioned about just going through the motions. There's a why, there's some substance there. Mm -hmm. With uh, underneath your allyship, go ahead. That's why that conversation was so important. Uh, you and I spoke about this on our show before. The words "white lives matter," just like "black lives matter," should not be controversial yeah, or offensive in any way. It don't even, because, yeah. of course, white yeah, lives yeah, matter. Exactly. But it's the why that term was even born yeah. that I had to explain to her. So that's why I had to paint such a vivid picture as to why black lives matter even existed. Mm -hmm. So that when I came back and said, yeah, white lives matter came just to oppose what I just told you. Just to say, no, your lives don't matter. They're not, you don't, they don't have worth. You don't deserve to exist. And then my white friend understood the why and felt as offended as I, as I did. And that was yeah. a much longer form conversation than that. But after you get to the why, again, you said it, I'm saying it again, it's not performative anymore. Yeah. There's Understanding from the perspective of the people who are hurt, of the people who are being marginalized, their why. Because in this instance, it's not yours. Let me add something else too. Please. I think that allyship requires, if you're committed to growing, and challenging your beliefs, you have to also be committed to a long campaign hmm. of learning. Because what will happen um, is you will say, oh, I, I want to support you. I think that this is a good thing you're doing. I want to be, I want to be activated in a way, in a meaningful way where I can support you toward whatever end you're pursuing. And then when you're away from me and you get around your friends again, they might get in your ear and be like, you know, those guys are only doing that because of this. And, you know, they're always saying that. Or did you see this poll and blah, blah, blah. And then now you're like lost in the sauce again and you kind of lose a little bit of steam. So you have to be committed to a long campaign and bear in mind that there are going to be some challenges along the way. Um, there's a lot of we did a whole episode. Remember that episode we did on how data gets manipulated mm -hmm. and used against us. Mm -hmm. 
And there's a lot of people where they come across that people who would be allies or have been allies or whatever the case is. And they come across these things, which are either half truths or distortions or, you know, distortions of the truths or whatever. And because it's presented as complete and factual, they, and they receive it that way. And then they're like, Oh, well, but what am I doing, man? Because, you know, that's, that's a, that's a valid point. Even the Dilbert comic guy, him with that straw pole thing or the Rasmussen pole thing we just talked about him saying, Oh, black people feel like, uh, what did, what did you say? It's okay to be white. It's is not that, okay to it's, be white. Yeah. That, and that's black that's, people think. Exactly. Yeah. And that's not nearly the complete story. You know, that there's there's a weight to that statement that is particularly offensive and oppressive. And our belief is that the response in that right leaning Rasmussen poll, which, you know, uh, wasn't even fully explained because there's at least three parts of every poll. They only showed two. Um, but even still. It didn't color in that those lines. And it's no different from saying, is it okay to be white? Um, and people's, you know, having an issue with that statement because it in and of itself is a racist statement. I told you about the uh the group on Reddit I'm a part of, and the group is titled It's It's Okay to Be White. Yeah. Correct. And the group is racist people, and we use this for fodder for the show, right? It's similar to challenging uh what we talked about. Um Ask people, is black power as a statement problematic? Most folks, black folks would be like, no, not problematic at all. I understand it. It means that, you know, our community is galvanized around a cause, a mission, whatever. Then ask the same group of folks, is white power problematic? Everybody would be like, yeah, totally. Because that phrase, even though it's just one word change, that phrase is rooted in the oppression of black people. It's a very, the meaning, of white supremacy. the meaning behind it is very different. So the, again, this, oh, is it okay to be white? Sure. But the meaning behind that phrase is not just the language. It's, there's a deeper, more sinister component that is not reflected in the Rasmussen poll. And the Dilbert guy is completely, uh, shot off his track and then the people that feel like well look look at the poll numbers i i get why he's saying that yeah, that know? data is presented that way for those people intentionally though, there you go. to, to kind of light a match to their to their Got their fuel if you will all right go ahead. you spoke about committing to like a long-term mm -hmm. uh, journey of learning mm -hmm. challenging your own implicit biases you're going to hear stuff that's wrong that sounds like how you feel and it'll make you want to defend it mm -hmm. right so i told you anytime i speak about speak out about our former president people that I know reach out to me to defend him. And I realized after the third or fourth person, oh, they're reaching out to defend themselves. Mm. I presented something that they kind of agree with or some part of what he's saying or what he feels that they also feel. I didn't say anything about his ideology. I just said something about him essentially being a bad person. And by this person reaching out to tell me all these great things he's done, it's like, oh, they feel like I'm attacking them. Mm. It's in those moments of discomfort where you really have to do some work mm. because of implicit biases and because of unlived experience. There are going to be some things like my friend, you are not going to understand why people feel that way. You and I learned that we had so much to do and so much room to grow and learn with regards to being allies to women yeah this is 
Reverend Estella's son, yeah. six sisters, you know, girl dad. Yeah. Oh my God, did we have a lot to learn? So we could have saw these things, these points of view that we, oh man, I might have, I might have kind of thought like that and held on to that and stood opposed to women where we had to just say flat out, no, we're wrong too. So I think you're nailing it right here. So I'm glad you brought up the, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you're alluding to the Me Too movement. Watch this. I mean, yes, that's, and, what, and that's what started the conversation. Sure. We're really talking about being allies yep. to women in general. In general. We, fail, yep. we fail very short in and, doing our part. Okay. So um, what does allyship mean, Ramses? Well, allyship means, as I mentioned, I'm committed to the long-term journey with this group of people that I'm not a part of this group. I'm not a woman. But if they say that's what they want, I follow their leadership. I support in ways that they deem meaningful where I can and where I can't. I challenge myself to try to show up, make a sign, you know, whatever. You know what I'm saying? I'm always pushing myself to stand as a brother to my sisters. That's a word that I use that I mean. You know that. And that word is a very special word to me because my dad had 24 other kids. So that's not something that I take lightly. That's not something that I don't know nothing about. I, I am a brother to big brothers and little brothers, big sisters and little sisters. You know what I'm saying? And they all call this phone. And it'll be cool. So, so when I'm saying that is like, okay, what is allyship? What are you trying to do? How can I be the best brother to you possible? Will you please instruct me? And then doing that and being committed to the long journey and maybe even being committed to the outcomes that whatever group we're talking about in this case, women want, um, and where I can make small changes, I do. Where I can make big changes, I do. And if I can't, I bear in mind that maybe this isn't my fight. I need to let my sisters fight this one. I need to sit back. I don't seek recognition. I don't, you know. And it's not a matter of waiting to be called. It's it's an active sort yeah, of be, thing. Be, be at the ready. But be at the ready too. Be called to greater tasks. Be ready to be called to greater tasks as well. So again, I'm not entirely sure if that fits neatly in a little, um, like a definition thing. Well, you know, if if I have to expound, because you've said a lot of what it means to me as well, mm -hmm. I'll just add to that. A lot of times we let our lack of understanding cause us to take a backseat and not participate at all. That's not my fight. I don't really understand yeah, that's, it. That's not so it. So I'm going to just cross my hands over here and watch. Yeah, that ain't Observing it. is just as bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like just observing passively and not actively working to help resolve or help support that group that you're not a part of is just as bad. Don't be a pacifist. Mm. Be an ally even while you're being educated, even while you're trying to learn. Be an ally. You Do not let your ignorance paralyze you in a way that you don't participate do you want to hear something really cool i just made a connection i want to see if it works all right so 
we talk about white privilege, right? People that enjoy white privilege are oftentimes in the best possible position to be allies, right? Um, sure, some people don't acknowledge it, some people aren't aware of it, whatever. But the fact remains is that in the vast majority of circumstances, those who enjoy white privilege are in the best possible positions to have that title of ally, right? Now, the parallel here, and I know we can't make a lot of parallels to other movements because this is kind of ours, but one that's in recent memory that we all kind of know about is, again, the Me Too movement. I learned something that men have a certain privilege with respect to women. One in particular. There's many, of course, but one in there, particular. There are plenty. One in particular is testosterone. So what I want to do is make a comparison. Testosterone, white privilege. Okay, You have an advantage in the shared spaces, right? It's less likely that I'm going to be challenged physically because I'm a man. And as we know, men have a lot in the way of strength. A man can kill you very easily if, if he was committed kind of to the cause, right? Um, because of testosterone. Th those humans with less testosterone, as a rule, are less strong. Testosterone is the thing that kind of falls Also less you. aggressive. On and on. Likely to cause you physical exactly. harm. Okay. Okay. On and on. Okay. So, because I have been endowed with testosterone, if I am somewhere and I witness another individual with testosterone taking advantage of, particularly physically, another person who does not have testosterone. And that fight is not fair. And in my mind, in this scenario, this is a man abusing a woman. I cannot, as you said, throw my hands up and say, that's not my fight. It could be physical or it could be, you know, some other invisible system, be it employment, be it um, representation, be it, you know, anything like that, right? But because... I'm in the best possible position to challenge that testosterone-laden individual. It is my responsibility to do so. Otherwise, I cannot call myself an ally. And for me, Ramses in particular, I cannot call myself her brother. So that's a great parallel, I think. Anybody that was trying to figure out what messaging they could take away from or what the thrust of this campaign is or should be, um, what are the like the main takeaways? Um, if I had to fire off some ideas, uh, I would want people to walk away from really anything that we do feeling capable because it's really easy to psych yourself out, right? Um, feeling committed, 
Um, I would want people to feel like change is possible. I would want people to feel like it's okay to make a mistake. Because remember, you're dealing oftentimes as an ally, you're dealing with a group of people who have been hurt. And sometimes, even when you're helping individuals who've been hurt, they, you got to warm up to them a little bit. You got to recognize that a lot of times their pain comes from places that is not you and it might be directed in your direction. It's a thing that happens. But again, you're committed to the long term, not to the individual, but to the cause. Right? And that pain might also come from a place or more specifically a person that you resemble. Mm. And initially you don't know the difference, right? Mm. I, I can it to someone that's drowning. A person that's trying to pull them down and a person that's trying to save them feels the same. They're in panic. They're afraid. There's It's a trauma-based response. Yeah, They don't yet know the difference. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they will fight you for trying to save them too. Mm. You have to be committed to that. Ask lifeguards. I did that job before. Mm. I have to commit to saving this person who might be actively trying to harm me because they don't know any better. 